Welcome to the Be Encouraged podcast. I'm your host, Jackie Brindle, and I have a word for you all today. Change. Sometimes it's not so bad, right? But other times, ooh, change. It hurts. It can stop us in our tracks. There's no preparation for what lies ahead, and sometimes it feels like the world around me is in complete motion when my world changes. And I'm still standing still, figuring out where is my starting line? Where do I begin again? It's in these moments that test my faith. It's where I cling to hope, cling to faith, and dig deep to find the courage to keep on keeping on. That's why I'm revisiting this conversation, episode number 20, from when it was previously recorded in the fall of 2020 with Darina Gilmar-Young. You know, I had the privilege of speaking with this renowned author and speaker of the book, Walk, Run, Soar. She is incredible and, you guys, has her own podcast that's based on the book, Walk, Run, Soar, and simply called that, Walk, Run, Soar podcast. It is so worth checking out. Since we last talked, she has had amazing guest speakers and athletes of all kind that will motivate you and surely help you figure out and find your starting line. You know, I realized though from getting to know Dorina that the one thing that keeps her finding her starting line again and again is her unshakable faith. It helped her to conquer her fears and to courageously put one foot in front of the other. If you are in need of mustering up some courage, finding some hope today for a season of change that you weren't prepared for, well then this is the message for you. So listen up, take your mark, get set. Let's go and be encouraged, my friend. I am so excited because I have Dorina Gilmore Young with me on the podcast today. It feels like I have a runner's high because I'm so excited to sit down and talk with you. Hi, Dorina. Hi, Jackie. Thanks so much for having me. It's a joy to be invited. Absolutely. Now, for those of you listening, I'm so excited that Darina said yes to doing this podcast because I fell upon your Instagram page and there were a couple of things that really stood out to me. Like it lit up my heart. Uh, One, I definitely have to say your passion for running. That's so contagious. And along with your story of your family and how it intertwines, like this beautiful story of hope that's so inspiring. And I know we're going to unpack that later in this podcast, but that's what drew me in. And then of course your new book that was just released this week, you guys walk, run and soar. So, I mean, there's so many good things to talk about you during it. It's really easy um, to say the least. <laughs> um, but what's really cool is right now I have to tell everybody it is like 10 o'clock at night, 10 30 almost here. <laughs> and Pennsylvania and it is what time is it there 7 30 am I right 7 30 yes. yep yep so it is definitely some time zones away but I feel like um you all are going to get to know her in such a way that you're going to feel like she's your best friend too no matter where you are in the world <laughs> so anyway Thank I'm going to get started with this icebreaker for you Dorina are you ready I'm ready okay if some I know you're adventurer so if someone handed you a full paid round trip for two weeks to go anywhere, airplane tickets all included, food, wherever you stay, and you could bring anyone else that you want to bring along with you, where would you go? 
Okay, Jackie, this is such a hard question for me because I love to travel and all my travel has been canceled this year. So I don't know if this is breaking the rules, but can I stay two places? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I love okay. it. Okay. My well, because it's a two-week expense paid, I could bring anyone. Yes. I first would say Kenya because my husband and I have always sort of dreamed of going to Kenya. It's where all the great distance runners are from. And and my three girls would love to go on safari. And I know that it's hard to get there. It's expensive. So it's a trip that just hasn't ever been in our budget or our time frame. But that would just be an amazing trip and just such a fun adventure because we are a running family. But the other trip that is perhaps in our future anyway is that we are wanting to take our whole family including my parents, my brother's family, and my sister's family to Italy. My mom is from Calabria, which is in Southern Italy. And we just think it would be so cool to all go there together and just enjoy Italian culture. And not everyone in my family has been to Italy before. So those are oh, my that two. Lovely. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, you have to bring me, right? <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> Especially We're going to go run know, together. <laughs> exactly. And I have to say, you're, are you a foodie? Because I feel like if you have Italian food in your life, you need to like enjoy every little bit of like something with garlic oh, yes. in it, maybe. <laughs> oh, I'm such a foodie. Yes. I pretty much take pictures of running and food everywhere I go. And people kind of know that that's my thing. That is awesome. I love, I love it. Um, and now can you expand a little bit about yourself, you know, paint the picture, your career, um, you know, running and family and all of it. Thanks. So, well, I am a mom of three. So first and foremost, uh, married to Sean and mama of three girls. I now have an eight-year-old, an 11-year-old and a 14-year-old. So I'm straddling elementary, middle school, and high school this year. It's so crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm also an author. I've published uh, three children's books and two Bible studies, and then my new devotional, which just came out that you mentioned, Walk, Run, Soar. And I'm a speaker. So I love sharing. I speak in schools about my children's books. And then I often speak in churches, whether that's for women's events or women's retreats. Um, just teaching the Bible. So those are my real passions. And running is, as I'll talk about a little bit later, it's my therapy, and it's my love, and it's my hobby. And I also um, work for a website called Encourage, which is by Dayspring. So I'm a devotional writer there. So that's one of the regular places that I write in this season in life. So oh, you already mentioned this, but I'm in Central California. That's why we're in th three hour difference as far as our time zones. <laughs> yes. And I grew up in Chicago. So I actually grew up in the Midwest, but I've been a California girl for almost 20 years now. And I come from a multicultural family. Um, my dad's side is Filipino and Chinese and Polynesian. And my mom's side is Italian and Jewish. Oh, wow. That's so cool. You have all the good food then, right? <laughs> yes. We are all about the food at our celebrations and holidays. Oh, that's beautiful. Because what a way to connect all the different cultures together at your house, right? For sure. Yes. Well, I have to say, so running, I know um, running has been something that has been a thread in your life for many years. And can you tell me a little bit about, 
you know, there are probably many starting lines in our, in our own lives. And sometimes, you know, we start all over and it feels like, you know, even the first time that we've ever run, if you've taken like a week off, it probably feels like the first time you've ran, um, you know, if you've taken a week off or months off or years off, or maybe people have never uh, ran before. So I guess I know that running has been a part of your life and I would love for you to offer some advice uh, to anyone on the edge of starting something new, um, maybe in running, because I know that has definitely your forte, but I mean, even if they aren't into running, maybe it's tennis or another sport that, okay, this is on their bucket list. They want to do these things or, or say they want to you know, try to do these things. How can they be a part of that and, and try, you know? Yeah. You know, I love running because it's such a great metaphor for life as well as just the practice of running is physically so good for us. And I think what I would say just to encourage someone who's starting off, whether they're walking or running, or maybe they're at the starting line of a new job, or they're trying to find a new church. I would say that that first step is the hardest, but it's the most important step. And moving forward step by step is the way that you're going to get there. So it's crazy because a lot of times we put so much pressure on ourselves when we're starting something new and we're thinking about like, how many miles are we going to run? Or could I ever get to the finish line? But really it's about taking that first step. And that first step can often be scary and require the most courage of us. But when we do take that step, then it, we're in motion, we're moving forward. So my advice, I guess, would be just to take that first step to give yourself some grace and to start moving forward. I love that because I think a lot of times I know I can be hard on myself, um, you know, and giving yourself grace is such a good way of putting it there, Dorina. Um, you know, just taking that pressure off and taking that step forward is is great because I think sometimes it looks really scary, right? Like, have you ever been there? I mean, even just speaking mm -hmm. to life where you're starting and it possibly is one of the biggest, scariest moments of your life and maybe most overwhelming. I know even in my life, um, when it just seems so difficult, like this big wall in front of you, the starting line doesn't necessarily look so easy like everyone else's starting line, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so how, how do you push yourself to, to get to that point? And you said the word courage. So how do you have that courage to begin to put one foot in front of the other? You know, we, my husband, Sean and I, we coach a lot of people um, to run half marathons, to run marathons. And we've even coached our daughter's team. So elementary, junior high, high school. And so there is that element of just fear or just kind of anxiety to start. But I love seeing somebody who is going basically from never running before or off the couch to the finish line, because it's about taking those baby steps. And I would say that you know, especially, like I said before, we have to give ourselves grace and we have to start somewhere. And so we don't have to expect that we're going to be like an elite runner or your BFF who like happens to be an amazingly fast sprinter. I think just being able to start by taking that step forward. And I found in my own life that there's a lot of things that I feel just fear to do, or just, you know, that sort of trepidation but once I've taken that first step, then the next steps are easier. Yeah. And I love that you spoke to the fear and anxiety of starting, because I think that 
you said running is so much about teaching lessons of like life lessons. And I know that's something that I've learned uh, being a runner as well, that, you know, um, just there's so many lessons I learned during my run and then after my run. And I think that fear of anxiety is so true. I think sometimes um, I know when I'm running, you know, mile after mile, breaking those barriers of the I can't to an I can is, um, you know, little by little, it comes off that T on the end of can't, it comes off little by little, (laughs) you know, that's such a great way to say it. I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, but in life though, that a lot of times we tell ourselves that we can't, whether, um, you know, I can't do that. I don't have time or I can't do that. That's too hard. Or I can't because that make, make me relive that moment, you know? Um, so I guess in life, have you ever gone through something that's maybe really scary moment where you had to start over, um, and face your fears? Yeah, this is a big part of the backstory actually of my book, Walk, Run, Soar. Um, so I'm going to back up and share that back in 2003, I got married to a man named Eric Lee and he and I had met on a mission trip to Haiti. So we were part of the young adults group at our church and he was hosting or leading this trip to Haiti and his grandparents were missionaries in Haiti. Um, so, and he had this love for running for track and field. So he invited anyone from our group who wanted to go on this trip. And Eric Lee, um, just was a great leader. And as I got to know him on that trip, I realized, okay, I kind of have a crush on this guy. And (laughs) there was so many things about him that I really admired. Um, and kind of long story short, there's lots of pieces in between of that, but then we ended up getting married, um, two years after that first mission trip, because we had just developed such a strong friendship. And so he and I were married for 11 years. We had three girls, as I mentioned before, I'm a mom of three girls. And then in 2014, he and I, um, at that time, we were running a nonprofit organization in Haiti that we had started together. I had started a fair trade jewelry business. Um, We were kind of splitting our time between Central California and Haiti. And we just had really full plates. We were in a sweet spot of ministry. And my husband was an athlete. And so that was the year that he was turning 40. And so he decided he was going to do all these athletic events. And in the beginning part of the year, we noticed that there was this bump on his hip. And we just kind of figured it was a sports injury and doctors and um, other professionals that we saw, you know, they just kind of assumed it was a sports injury or some kind of torn muscle Um, but it persisted and actually it started growing. And so in spring of that year, we went to get a PET scan and we found out in May of that same year, um, after 11 years of marriage that he had stage four melanoma cancer. And so that was probably one of the scariest starting lines that I've ever been on was just standing there with him at the start of this race that we did not want to be a part of at all that we had never signed up for and not knowing what the future held. And like I said, we were in this really busy, really sweet spot of ministry and just everything came to a screeching halt and we had to shift our direction. Um, We canceled all of our trips for that summer. We had a lot of people who are going to go to Haiti with their churches. And so we had to, to cancel all of their trips and we really had to just hunker down, stay at home and focus on 
this cancer treatment, which was before us. And it was so hard for me um, because I, you know, this was a race that I'd never run before. I had never trained for, and I was, you know, trying to run it with my husband. So through that wow. summer, I know it's a lot, um, through that summer, then Eric Lee's health quickly deteriorated. And in three months, he actually went to heaven. Um, and I have to say that we prayed fervently for his healing. We had people around the globe who were praying for him. We were missionaries. So we had all of these churches that supported us. And I really believed even to the day he died that God could perform a miracle and save his life. But even in that last week, I saw him suffering so much at the end of his race that I really prayed for God to take my husband. And it's a scary prayer, but there was just that whisper in my heart. And so I knew when he went to heaven on September 9th, um, 2014, I knew that he was free, that he had crossed the finish line, that he was meeting Jesus on the other side, and there was no more suffering for his body. And so mm -hmm. that was like one of the, like I said, the hardest starting lines to stand at. And honestly, the hardest finishing finish line um, to watch my husband cross that finish line. But there was something also just sacred and beautiful in knowing that he was going to be with his savior and God had given me a quiet confidence in my heart that God was going to take care of us. And I didn't know what that was going to look like, but I knew that I knew that I knew that he was going to take care of me. Wow. First, I'm just so sorry for your loss, but I'm also very much, um, I'm, I'm so intrigued by that discernment that you had in your heart that you knew, you knew, you knew that everything was going to be okay. I think um, a lot of us sometimes don't necessarily get that closure, you know, when things go wrong or left turns take the worst turn, you know, and I think um, I'm just praying for people who, who are maybe going through some of that grief that they would feel that peace of discernment of God's just many hands upon their lives as well through that, you know. For sure. Yeah. I mean, there, there were lots of things that I was afraid of. Um, I was afraid that my girls would get married one day and not have a dad to walk them down the aisle. I was afraid of how I would pay all the medical bills. Like there's, there's still fear there, but there was just a sense of quiet confidence that God was just speaking to me. Like I've got mm. this and you don't know what the future looks like, but I'm working underground. Wow. That's so good. Yeah. Behind the scenes, right? <laughs> Yeah. We're Which, doing real I'm talk sure. here, Jackie. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Like behind the scenes, I think a lot of times we, we want to know every little bit of it, but sometimes I think God does that. Right. So if we had all of it, we knew all of it. We probably wouldn't have wanted to know every single detail. Right. Um, oh yeah. I am so glad he didn't give me all the details of my story <laughs> at that point. <laughs> yeah. So I, I guess at this point, so you're starting over, you know, how do you, one, lace up your shoes and, and tie them up and, and go out for another run again? Like, how do you, how do you get back up after, after that? That's such a good question. And again, we have running as kind of this metaphor as something that I do in my life. So I remember about a week after my husband's funeral that some friends had invited me to go for a run. We had our team that we were coaching, um, that we coach every fall. And of course I had no obligation to go out there to coach, but my girlfriends were like, just come out and run with us. And I remember I was standing on the starting line at the local track, just like 10 minutes away from our house. And 
lacing up my shoes and just like trembling, thinking, I can't do this. Like I cannot run without him. Like he had always been my coach. He was my running buddy for years. He was the person who got me to the finish line of a marathon and many half marathons and pushed our daughters in the jogging stroller. And so I just thought, I just can't, how could I do this without him? And that was another one of those starting lines where I got on the track and I took that first step and I started running around the oval. And in that moment, I started to hear what felt like his voice from heaven, just like coaching me. I could just hear wow. Eric Lee in my ears. He was saying, lift your knees, pump your arms. Like you can do this, breathe. Like the things that he would have said to me as we were running together. And I realized that there's some things that I needed to walk away from in my life, but running was not one of those things. Running was one of those things that I was going to need to redeem because it was such a healing place for me. And so even getting out on the track that first night and just running fast, running my guts out and knowing that he was coaching me from heaven, that was a starting point for me of moving forward, not just physically, but also emotionally and mentally and spiritually, like I'm going to move forward. And it's not that I've ever forgotten about my husband or turned away from that, but that he would have had me move forward. Like that would have been what he would want. And that was living out his legacy was to keep running in this life. Yeah. That word legacy came to mind as you were just describing that. I'm like, wow, what a legacy he left behind and what a legacy you're leaving behind as well. Like, I mean, you really are amazing and inspiring. And I have to say, so how is, I know running has been healing, but has writing been something, a part of your life that has anchored you and maybe been a part of that process of healing as well? Definitely. I would say writing and running are both things that have helped me throughout my whole life. I mean, I could, I could pinpoint lots of other stories of different things in my life, but specifically with healing from the grief and I'm still grieving of course, but just in moving forward in that. And so writing is a place where I have um, learned to process and it's interesting because after my husband's death, I did um, journal, I did, you know, write down, you know, some days I was just so depleted and so heavy hearted that sometimes I would just write out a little list of gratitude. That was a practice that I had started a couple of years earlier. Um, so just writing a list of the things that I was grateful for. And ironically, that year in 2014, I had chosen a word for the year, which every year, probably for a decade now, I've chosen a word theme. And that word is something that I'll follow throughout the year and that God will just use in my life to teach me whether I'm looking through scripture or listening to worship music or just looking around in my own life. And so that year I chose the word glory. And in January of 2014, of course, I had no clue what was ahead of us. And then his diagnosis coming in May and him going to heaven in September. But all along the journey, I felt like God was unfolding for me this idea of glory and glory being God's essence, like who he is, his presence with us. And for me, that has manifested itself like through creation. When I'm out on the trail, when I'm running and I see a sunrise or I see sparkling blue waters at the lake it's drawing me to God. It's like creation is not God, but it's reminding me of the creator who created those things. 
And when I'm saying, when I'm worshiping with my kids, worship has been a really important part of our healing as well. Again, I'm feeling God's glory. I'm experiencing God's glory. So this was this crazy journey that I was on in 2014. And then back to the writing in the beginning of 2015, I really felt like God was saying, okay, now's the time. Now's the time to get back to your writing. And I started this writing project, which I had never written a Bible study before, but it started to just flow out of me as a Bible study. I'd been in Bible study for years and I was a Bible study leader. So of course I kind of had a sense of, of the structure and kind of how Bible studies worked, but I wanted to bring other people on that journey with me. I wanted them to understand what it was like to chase after God's glory. And so that was the title of that Bible study. It's called Glory Chasers. And it's a 10-week Bible study that I use the narrative of my own life and my own grief to kind of bring readers through that experience. But then I challenge them to look for God's glory in their own ways, in their own lives, in their own challenges. So that was just one of the ways that writing then became not just, you know, writing little gratitude journal, but it became a way that I could multiply what God had done in me to share it with others. Wow. It's like the outpouring of your heart, this like overflow has just now writ been written on paper. It's just amazing. And I love the word glory. That's so good. I want to definitely go ahead and look into this for our church as well. <laughs> it's so good. It's such yeah. an enlightening word. And and so powerful how, um, you know, your story, you know, just allowing God to just be the one moving you onward, moving you forward. Um, I think that's, that's amazing. That's something that everyone I think could be listening to and go, yeah, you know what? I've gone through a divorce. I'm going through, um, you know, a change of jobs or I'm going through this or that. And I think you're such an inspiration to find that starting line and, and take that first step of what you're saying, wherever you are, whether you, whatever's that thing pouring into your heart, that overflow of your heart, just, I think clinging to that, clinging to God as you have done is so inspirational. No and doubt. it's kind of countercultural. I mean, this is the thing that I'm really passionate about is that being a glory chaser means we're chasing after God at all costs. Like he's the one who's in front of us, pacing us. And the way our culture is right now, everything is about glorifying ourselves. It's about posting mm -hmm. selfies and it's about like trying to make your life look perfect and, you know, just really self-focused. And that was the challenge that I felt like I was up against in that year, that tension of like, am I just going to lay everything down and chase after God and allow him to pace me? Sometimes I'm sprinting hard after him. And sometimes I am like trudging along, barely walking, slogging. Um, but that, that shift of like, I'm not going to glorify myself. I'm going to glorify him. I'm going to chase after him. Mm, and such a good reminder to put him first. I, I totally, um, that resonates a lot with me. You're right. There's so many things that we can chase after in the world. And is it really ever worth it? You know, um, in the end, when you come up to that, is that going to be something that you want glorified or is it God that we want glorified? Um, that's such a good reminder for everyone listening, not just me, but I know everyone who's listening is going, yeah, like along with me, nodding their heads, I'm sure, <laughs> <laughs> which is so good. And, you know, you've also written now your new book, uh, Walk, Run, and so Walk, Run, Soar. And that was different because now you're writing that along with your husband, Sean. So 
can you tell me a little bit more about that inspiration? How's the book, you know, how the book started and then kind of what overflowed into that um, and now is out in stores today in Amazon. So tell me more. Well, I have to give a little bit of the backstory of Sean because it's such a fun story of just how God redeemed the situation in such a crazy way. Um, you know, definitely I went through a couple of years of being a widow young widow with kids. My, my daughters were ages two, five, and eight. And in that time, God, um, brought a good friend of mine that kind of back into my life. Sean was this guy that actually had went on that very first trip to Haiti with Eric Lee and me, and we all became super close friends. And Sean was a supporter of our ministry in Haiti. He was someone who, always like he would always come and visit us. He lived in Maryland for nine years, but whenever he'd come to California where his family lived too, he would come and stay with us or he'd come and have dinner with us. And so we were close. He was one of Eric Lee's good friends from college. And Eric Lee was super passionate about praying for Sean and even so much so that he was praying for Sean's future wife. So Eric Lee and I would pray for Sean's future wife. And then only God could bring this story full circle that I would be actually praying for myself because Sean came back into my life in 2014. Um, and we just sort of rekindled our friendship in this new way. And we ended up getting married in 2016. And so it was like, God, God knew all along. Sean had already been embraced by my family. He was like the adopted son of my mother-in-law and he had spoken at our wedding, as well as Eric Lee's funeral. My kids knew him. It was like God just provided almost like the story of Ruth and Boaz in the Bible. God came in and provided my Boaz. <laughs> I never would have I imagined that. that. Story. Yeah. So that's a little bit of the backstory of Sean. So Sean and I got married. Um, it'll be five years in January. So we've been married almost five years. And one of the things that Sean and I share, as well as Eric Lee, uh, is a love for running. So Sean and I have been coaching together for the last almost five years. And when I started with my agent, I was setting out to write a narrative nonfiction um, about glory chasing. But as I was talking with my agent and then eventually with an editor from Bethany House Publishing, they said, well, you have this other book on your list and we kind of think you should write this book first. And it was a book about running. It was a devotional book. And that's kind of how Walk, Run, Soar was born. I loved running. I would just write these little reflections on RunKeeper, which is an app that you record your miles. And I would share them on Facebook when I got home. And my agent had thought, had seen that. And some of my friends were like, you should write a book about running. So that, that's how we started writing Walk, Run, Soar. And it's so fun because I wrote the stories, the devotionals, and then Sean put together all these coaching tips and inspirational quotes from different runners and coaches. That is a part of the book. That's amazing. Now, how is the, the process between, you know, writing this book, at, you know, together as part of your family and incorporating your family? How has that made an impact on you? You know what? It's been so much fun to have a partner and I really trust Sean. He's an amazing editor. And so like just in general, everything that I write, um, whether it's for Encourage or for my own blog or for guest blogs, I always have him read it and edit because I really trust him in that. And it was fun for us to work together. Um, he's a 
he's a researcher. He he's an investigator, the number five on the Enneagram, if anybody knows the personality test. <laughs> and so he was great at all of those types of details. And then I love to do kind of the creative part and the creative writing. And so I feel like it was just so much fun for us to work on this project together. And then even our girls really supported us along the way and were cheering for us and sharing about the book even now that it came out. Yeah. So what can people be excited about when they read through this book? Because I know I'm excited. I only got through like chapter one so far, um, but I'm so into it. I'm so into it. So tell us a little bit more what they can expect, what I can expect as we read through it. Well, it's a unique book. The way that we set it up is it's a 52 week devotional or training journal. So you could start it anytime. I have some friends who wanted to start it on their birthday week, or you could start it at the beginning of the year. Um, the idea is to read one devotional every week. And then in those chapters, it also includes, like I said, the coaching tips from Sean, it includes some reflection questions and some space to journal. There's even a little spot where you can write down like how many miles you ran each day or how many you walked. And then there's the, the faith step, which is a step for you to do each week. So for example, in chapter one, it's called cultivating courage. The faith step says, sometimes it helps when we are running or walking to repeat a phrase to ourselves, make be strong and courageous your mantra for this week, run it and feel the strength and rhythm of these words in your heart. So it's a little thing that I have encouraged them to do that week, whether it's um, an action step or something to meditate on or to write out a prayer something that would be that connection between the physical act of running and walking and the spiritual aspect. Wow, that's so good. This is right up my alley because I love to journal. And it's something that after I'm done running, I, I do have all these wonderful endorphins, you know, that runner's high. Uh-huh. And it's like, oh my gosh, you just see life clearer. And you want to write all, everything down, you know. Um, and I know I love to unpack that through writing. So I definitely will use that as part of uh, the journaling aspect of your devotional for sure. I really appreciate that. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. And so here's the thing though, you didn't just stop there at the, the book, the devotional you did like above and beyond, which is so much fun because you have also started a walk, run, soar 5k, I think even half marathon, uh, whether it's a plan or uh, something where they can start their own race in their community, correct? Well, what we did is kind of a launch for this book is that we have a virtual race that is happening October 24th through the 31st. And if you don't know what a virtual race is, basically it's a race that you can run anywhere and you just choose your own course and your distance. And so that was just kind of a fun way we could celebrate the book. So people who signed up for the race would get a race bib, a medal, a copy of the book, a sticker, and a little gaiter, which is like one of those neck things that you can wear as a mask. And we sent those out. And actually, the race is sold out now. Um, but we have people who are actually participating from all over the country, which is really fun. But in the back of our book, we also include the race training schedule. So Sean has designed 12-week schedules for people who would like to run a 5K, which is 3.1 miles, a 10K, which is 6.2, or a half marathon, which is 13.1. And these are the training schedules that we use with our local groups when we train. 
So this is just a bonus that's in the book. And it's something that we encourage people to do. They could even do it in their own communities. In the appendix of the book, I have a little article that I wrote on how to form a running group. And not long after my husband's death, I actually started a little running group with friends. We call it the Go Mama Runners. So I love it. We were just a group of moms who desperately needed to have a break from our children and who are crazy in love with God's creation. And so we started running together on Saturdays. And because we live in Central California, we're really close to a lot of different really cool trails and lakes and rivers and mountains and so every weekend we would just put it in our little Facebook group and say, who wants to come, you know, this Saturday, we're going to go to Millerton Lake or we're going to go to Shaper Lake or the San Joaquin River Trail. And that's how my group started. It was really nothing formal. It was basically just a Facebook group and a bunch of moms who wanted to go running together. But I think that running together in community is so rich and so beautiful. And that, like I said, is another way that grief therapy for me because I experienced that healing of being around other people and being on the trails and just talking about really hard things with my friends, sometimes even just crying through um, my loss, but also feeling like that runner's high, like you talked about that happens when you're out there and you're exercising. And it was like, God helped me move through some of those real hard spots by being together in community. Wow, he truly did allow you to walk, run, and soar, for sure. There is no doubt about it. And I I love how, you know, you are making an impact in so many people's lives through this devotional. And not just in that, like being a mom in your community and incorporating community and making that um, something that is part of your culture, like just bringing people together. I love that. Because walking and running is is all about connection, you know, with people you're running and walking with. And maybe that's sometimes that connection with God and encountering him along your walk or run. And I just think that's where it starts. You know, those little seeds, uh, those dreams, those, those, that healing process is what you're really talking about as well. That can be so beneficial and really taking that T out of the word can't and making <laughs> it, I can, because that's what you've done. And I, I love that. It reminds me that to hit the ground running uh, because it doesn't matter where I'm starting. Everyone starts somewhere. And sometimes we all start over and mm-hmm. that's okay. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's okay to, to let loose, let go of that expectation, that pressure, just take that first step uh, because that's what it's all about. And when you do, I think what I've learned from your story, what I learned from even taking my own first steps is just have fun with it. Don't, just compare yourself to anybody else. And I think Mm. when you were talking about glory chaser, uh, that really stuck out to me that you just wanted to chase down what God wanted for your life. And that's being transparent. Like I don't like right now, I don't have the greatest Instagram pictures or anything like that. There's nothing fancy to it, but I really love just encouraging others through the word and through other people's positivity and their lives and sharing that with the world, because I just feel strongly about it. Like that's my, outpouring of my heart towards others. And, um, and I guess there's no greater time to start than now. I mean, just take that first step, like you said, definitely. And every step matters. 
For sure. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I think you're going to spark people's love for running right here, right now. They're going to get your book <laughs> and they're going to be like, okay, today's the day uh, because there are just so many amazing truth bombs you put in there, encouragement, and just cultivating that culture that encourages others to start where they're at. And I think that's just amazing. I can't wait to see how this makes an impact on everyone for sure. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it multiplies. Oh, that's so good. And I know it will for sure. <laughs> well, I can't wait. And hopefully I will see you and meet you in person and take an adventure. Whether when are we going to Italy? When was that? <laughs> <laughs> when all this crazy pandemic stuff is over, we'll oh, book the God, tickets, right? <laughs> that's right. In 2022, we'll be going, right? <laughs> that, that's but another dream. Thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. And you're just so easy to talk to. I hope people go ahead and check you out. And where can they find you? Probably the easiest way to find me is at my website, DorenaGilmore.com. And I will say we have a really fun runner's quiz on our site. If you go to the Walk, Run, Soar tab, you can find it. But if you take this real quick 15-question quiz, then you find out which biblical runner you are most like. So if you're a James or a David or a Mary Magdalene, it's really fun um, and just some inspiration to get into our book and then also to listen to our walk run soar podcast oh yeah so good oh yes and I do love that podcast that's something I've been listening to even on my walks and runs these this past week so definitely you guys check that out they have some really awesome guests on there who are some are elite runners or have started running groups and they have a lot of wisdom if you are just starting out or have been running your whole life. So definitely you need to check that podcast out as well. So good. And thank you so much. And you get to hear from Sean too. Yes. Sean. Yes. We do it together. So you get to hear all the idiosyncrasies of us and we have it on YouTube as well. So if you want to see our goofy facial expressions, then you can jump over to YouTube. Oh, that's so good. Well, thank you so much. I'll let you go and enjoy the rest of your day. How fun was that, you guys? I am so glad that we had a chance to listen to her story one more time. And if you want to buy Walk, Run, Soar or learn more about Dorina, then head on over, scroll down to the show notes and hold on, not so fast. One more thing. Don't forget that Casey Highs from episode number 38 is offering her 10% off discount code be encouraged to all the latest fashions at Design for Joy. The link will be in the show notes as well, so you can click on that. Maybe you need a Mother's Day present. Yep, still time. I got you gals covered. And the code is be encouraged. Again, yes, the 10% discount code for all of May is be encouraged. So maybe you mamas out there want to treat yourself. Go for it. And have a great week, everybody.